Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Infinity Stones and Dragon Bones, a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Joining me today, I have my good friend and fellow podcaster, Morgan. Morgan, how's it going? It's going well, Derek. It's been a, it's been I don't know a couple of weeks since I've been on one of on one of your shows, uh, and I'm ba- glad to be back. <laughs> yeah, man, it's really good to have you back. Um, so yeah, like I said, today we're going to be talking about the most recent MCU film, uh, the Eternals, which is directed by Academy Award winning director Chloe Zhao, who is um, the reigning champ uh, as far as uh, the Oscars go. Um, for her film Nomadland, um, which I still need to see. It's been on Hulu for like a year now, and I still haven't gotten to it. But Morgan, you know, you and me, we're both, I think we're both, you know, obviously pretty big film fans. I'm obviously a really big MCU fan, um, and I know you are a big comic movie fan in general, um, but we're kind of talking before the show, and I'm starting to just kind of, get a little bit of mcu fatigue i'm getting i'm getting mad weary i guess is the best way to put it with the mcu but uh i are are you in this kind of the same boat or or how are you feeling these days about the mcu i'm definitely in the same boat i've i've felt that way since probably around uh infinity war end game times is where i started to like it, it was a slow decline it was a slow drift from like and I think with this with this movie that we're about to talk about, Eternals, you see it a lot more. And I think the audience in general is kind of hitting that point. Mm-hmm. But everything kind of feeling the same in terms of like look and scope and then just kind of ramping up the action each time to be like, oh, this is going to make up for, you know, for the very factory style of, of filmmaking. Um kind of burnt me out on it like really hard and now i'm like i you know i was looking forward to i've said this so many times i was like i just needed something different like i need something that's just comic book wackiness you know to bring me back into it because it just feels too much (laughs) no and i totally get that and i think for me like i was i was really amped for like and i stayed all the way like hyped up for through infinity war and endgame because they were building to something, right? And they were building to this grand finale. And they pulled it off, I think, spectacularly. Um, and then, you know, we had Spider-Man um, 2 as kind of this, or Far From Home, whichever one. Yeah, Far From Home as kind of just like this coda for that whole, you know, Infinity Saga. And I was like, oh, cool, we have done this thing. Like, we've met all these characters. And, like, we've told this complete story. And I'm we were building up to this for the better part of a decade uh, or more than that actually. And then that finished and then we had COVID. So there was a, I was like, okay, cool. I can kind of catch my breath and not feel this obligation for all, like got to go see all these Marvel movies, which I, I love. And then, you know, all the TV shows start coming out. I'm like, good. You know, haven't seen anything Marvel in a while. Like gonna, you know, get this Loki show, get WandaVision, you know, get, uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier and then we get Shang-Chi and we get you know Black Widow and I'm like and it's part of it is because Marvel is trying to catch up for the year they lost with COVID and they're putting out all of their shows and all of their movies in very quick succession um, but it's it's you know like you were saying it is kind of that factory 
almost very formulaic style of storytelling. Um, and I do like that they are doing different things, but I'm like, all right, just like, I want, I want more small scale stuff. I don't need to see more like big end of the world threats. And I think, you know, so I really, really enjoyed Eternals, but I just don't want to be constantly thinking about what it's leading to and what's coming next. I wanted to just watch a movie and not have to worry about what does this mean? What is the, okay, so the Black Knight is going to show up and Kit Harrington's going to become this character and he's going to show up and you hear Mahershala Ali's voice. Spoiler alert. So spoilers for all this going forward, you know, and so what does that mean? And Harry Styles shows up and what's he going to do? And I I just, I just don't, I don't like care. I just, I'll watch those movies when they'll come out and I'll enjoy them, but I just don't feel like I have the time to devote to theorizing about what does any of this mean? It's, it's fun. And I just want to keep it that way and not just stress myself out. Does that make any sense? You know, it makes complete sense. You're literally voicing everything (laughs) that I've started to feel for like a little minute. Cause I, I think it's when I look at like Twitter or anything or uh, or like very big, like MCU heavy uh, fan bases, like areas, you know, TikTok, t- Twitter, wherever um, mm-hmm. I tend to notice that it is a certain demographic, right? Like whether it be age group, you know, um, job or whatever, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Both of us in some way or form are both are involved in like the film industry. We're involved in like the entertainment industry. <laughs> So yeah. we see it from a different aspect as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like you're you're a writer, so I'm sure you look at things as from a writer's perspective as well as from like a fan perspective, where you're like, mm-hmm. well, they could have tightened this up or they could have done this, you know. And like, I think so. I forget who said it, but someone was like, learning stuff ruins the fun of almost anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. You know, no, so. No, what were you saying? <laughs> no, I was just saying, yes, because like I was having a discussion with my friend who I see movies with a lot, and she was saying, ta- we we're kind of talking about Shang-Chi, and I was, for me, that was probably, like, it was very Marvel formulaic, but um, I thought that was one of the better versions of that. Like, I really thought, it, for me, it was like how black, a lot of people felt about Black, black Panther, is how I felt about Shang-Chi. Like, I felt like, wow, this is like the pinnacle of this kind of movie. Like, the villain is so interesting, uh, like the way he's like flawed, but you you care about him. It's really about the dynamics until like the third act, which is my my biggest problem with the Marvel movies is how their third act always just kind of devolves into we got to fight a dragon or a monster or an evil army or a sky beam or whatever it is. Up yeah. until then, like all the drama between Shang Chi and like his sister and his dad and like all this kind of like mystical stuff and you know. I talk about this on the podcast we did on Chang Chi, but like how it feel the action in that movie feels different than a Marvel. It doesn't feel choppy. It feels a lot more like Asian inspired cinema, like Hong Kong. Like takes will hold a lot longer than just something like you know Captain America: The Winter Soldier, where it's just very choppy. Um, and then so you know I was kind of like talking with her, and I was like I really liked that in Chang Chi, um, and I think that. But it does feel like that same Marvel formula. And I was like, okay, when you know some more stuff happens, I do want to see them break from the formula a little bit. And I think yeah. that the reason why Eternals is getting this reaction that it is, it's, I think, maybe the, I think it's, it is definitely the lowest rated MCU film on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think it's the only one that's rotten, if I'm correct. Um, and I think it's yeah. because 
Okay, so I think it's because it's different than a lot of Marvel movies. It sort of messes with the formula and the storytelling and, you know, all of that, but not enough. So I think it messed with it enough that, like, the diehard MCU fans who just want to see the same, you know, movie and different styles are like, this is different. I don't like this. But for the people who are like me and you who are like, let's see something new. It was tweaked, but not quite enough. And I think that's led to, I don't think anybody hates this movie. I think that, you know, it falls into the trap of Rotten Tomatoes where, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's good or bad. It's, it's a thumbs up or it's a thumbs down. It doesn't allow for any subtlety of that site. And mm-hmm. so a lot, it's getting a lot of lukewarm reviews and reactions so everyone's just kind of meh on eternals like it's pretty good you know that's how i felt at least about it it's like it's a pretty solid movie um i enjoyed it but it's not one i'll probably go back to a lot and i think that a lot of people are having that reaction across the board which is turning into like a lot of c minus like you know critical reviews and stuff which get <laughs> marked as a negative review so i think that's why it's just because it's 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 doing it's going half it's a half you know it's it's like we're doing some stuff differently but not quite enough so that nobody's really satisfied yes that that's 100 percent exactly how it, it felt because like it, we need it definitely and i think kevin feige definitely understands this the formula has to change or honestly it needs to be broken the formula has mm-hmm. to go because we've seen we've seen the origin story we've seen the the fate the you know the second phase mini team up thing we've seen the big team up thing we've seen it done what 15 times at this point you know and you can't you can't really just rehash it over and over again or you fall into like the the captain marvel trap because you can't mm-hmm. do the the same character again and again um so you have to do different characters and marvel is trying very uh very you know very hard and i'll commend them on that with attempting to do more diversity and more you know representation so you'll end up falling into that captain marvel like hole of people being angry at a movie just because you know it's a woman or it's a gay person or you know whatever blah 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 you know so you kind of have to just break the formula and say we can't do the iron man again we have to do something different and try something completely new. And I think they were like, what if we just dipped our toe in the water here and see yeah, how people yeah. feel, you know? And it's like, no, you just gotta, you, you brought on the right director to do something completely new. And maybe, maybe it could be that like Chloe Zhao hasn't done, I don't know if Chloe Zhao's ever done anything superhero-esque or, or superhero parallel. Do, do you know if she's done anything? I don't like believe that? she has, yeah. I think she's pretty much mm-hmm. done smaller budget films i think it's kind of that thing where you know you have somebody do like an interesting low budget movie you know and that that's really good like all these good indie films and they get scooped up to be you know like mark webb famously you know directed 500 days of summer and then made two of the worst superhero movies ever like i hate those amazing spider-man movies um sorry for anybody out there who likes them but i can't stand them I um, love the I love Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker. Those movies are trash, but his <laughs> Peter Parker is I will on my dying bed I will say that that is the most comic accurate Spider Man that I've seen in a movie. <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with you, but I respect it. Those movies are trash, but that Spider Man <laughs> is it's a he's appropriately cool enough that it's like 
he, he like 2000 Spider-Man was pretty cool and I hate it. I hate that he was cool, but, but he was, he was like riding a motorcycle. He's like bullying flash for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> Those movies are garbage, but yeah, like yeah. what you're saying, like Mark Webb, 100%, like, and I feel like she might've definitely leaned on the studio more. And the mm-hmm. studio definitely was like, you know, they were implementing their ideas of being like, well, we need it to look like this we need the you know the color gradient you can mess with the color gradient a little bit but it not did, too yeah much. it did look a little bit like yeah it did look a little bit graded differently than a lot of typical marvel stuff which i thought was kind of interesting not like vastly different but like you know i was yeah. like okay there's some like darker hues and stuff like that it feels a little more somber and everything um yeah they ran like, through think- fusion a couple times <laughs> yeah like I think you know, like the way you put it, like they were looking to you need they need to break the Marvel formula. This they just bent the Marvel formula a lot to like the point of like, oh, is it gonna break? No, it's still like you know, it's still intact. Um, I I kind of wish that they hadn't like done because there's there's a lot to like in this movie. There really is. I know we're harping on it, but like there's some really good stuff in it. Like you mentioned, obviously, like huge movie for diversity. You know, like has a you know, it's a very it's a very diverse team, um, you know, including what you would I would guess you would probably call the main character in Cersei, um, Gemma Chan, um, an Asian woman. Uh, you have, you know, a gay black character who is a main character. He's not like a throwaway character. You mm-hmm. have all these different, you know, you have a you have Kumail. You have so you, you have all these just like really vast, diverse cast. That's really in itself just kind of an accomplishment. Um, and something really cool to see in a huge movie like this. Um, but like it's it, and it does it does so many it tries to be kind of like big and bold. Like, you know, I like that the end, it's kind of like, oh, instead of them having to team up to fight the deviants or whatever, it's all it's kind of like almost like they talk it out and like have this whole thing between it's like interpersonal, like dilemmas between them i really like that third act instead of just like we've got to stop this guy and it is kind of that because it's like we've got to stop the celestial from coming out but it's like more about their dynamics you know and i like that a lot oh yeah definitely like it's it's one of those things where i'm 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 a big fan of rpgs uh Mm -hmm. and i love almost any game where instead of having to fight i can just talk my way out of it it's yeah. one of the best things in a game is like, especially if you're playing an action game to just have a break of a, like a break in a mission where instead of having to fight something, they just say, Hey, you can just talk it out and just mm-hmm. get away with it. Like it's awesome. And yeah, like, like it's great said, when your D and D players do that too. If, if you're a DM, <laughs> exactly. You know, cause it's, it's awesome. And then having to run combat repeatedly and it kind of, mm-hmm. you know, combat gets boring after a while. You're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I've seen how many times can you throw a punch? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> How many times can you do an action scene? Like, technology has advanced leaps and bounds from, you know, Ang Lee's Hulk in 2003. But, like, how many times can you realistically see, you know, a Superman facsimile, you know, shoot lasers out of his eyes or punch a guy, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, so it's it's very fun to see something that is different in that in that fashion. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I really hope I, I do hope that uh, Chloe Zhao gets another one um, yeah. of these and it really gets to kind of visualize a new direction for mm-hmm. like for the formula or something like that, because w- I'm one of those people who was looking forward to Ava DuVernay's uh, New Gods. 
So I feel like mm, Chloe yeah. Zhao could do kind of a story like that because nobody really I don't I don't think I've ever met a person who like has read an entire Eternals run in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty much a blank slate of like work that you can actually do because I've never met anybody who's like been a fan of the Eternals. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> no. And one thing, too, I wanted to kind of say on that, like, in the Eternals is I like how at the end, like, they just kind of split. They have this big moral dilemma and like, oh, should we do this? Because this is like going to kill all these people. But it was the long run. It's going to maybe save billions of more lives. It was like we'll be recreated by doing this. And they they kind of split up. And I like that it's instead of just being like, oh, like Icarus is clearly the bad guy which it's kind of more morally gray. You have some of the team go with him. You have Sprite, who is by my, by far my favorite character. I thought some of the characters in this were pretty bland, but Sprite was one character that I thought was very interesting and just kind of her, like the whole Peter Pan complex where she just can't age and just sees everyone. Yeah. Age. Like she's stuck in that like kid's body. And she just, it's like, ah, I, I really thought she was a very interesting character. And I really liked the performance that actress put in um, I'm forgetting her name, but, uh Leah was, McHugh, I think. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, and just like, you know, how conflicted they are and they all kind of just come together and then and then Icarus, you know, I love that moment when he just flies into the sun. He's just like, Yeah, like I'm kind of fucked up. I'm gonna go fly into the sun now and like, you know, plays into the the on the myth. Um so I thought that was all really interesting. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's it's very the like those things were extremely cool about it. And like I love the the almost like nihilism to it as mm -hmm. well like the the like thought pieces that were actually asked in in the film because like while it is like it's two and a half hours long so it is like some pieces are a slog to get through yeah. like, like it slows down heavy but yeah. like i do enjoy I, I enjoy kind of movies that do take a little bit slower in certain parts and ask questions of like well you know what really is the point of immortality or getting involved in all these types of things and i would have loved to to see see them kind of delve a bit deeper into into like various um various like time periods with people especially like fastos because you're you've literally been around forever and there's so many things where like you have had a rough go of it over these mm -hmm. last millennia yeah. you know like i want to yeah, see yeah. these things you know like kamel like kingo living through like the british raj and all these types of things like i want to delve into like how these how these things have like affected them you know, or even Gemma Chan, you know, like these characters, you've been around for a long time. And it felt like they just kind of glossed over a lot of that and ignored yeah. it. And I was like, but that's the interesting bit. I would, I know, I, I really wish that would have been the movie. Like, I, my favorite parts of the movie were where they went back to like history and like they were like, okay, we were doing this when, you know, like the Spanish were take, were like doing genocide, like unleashing genocide in the Americas and we were doing this in Babylon. And like, I thought all those parts were really interesting. I wish the whole movie had been just kind of like a journey through history with them. And then maybe at the end you have all, like, just get rid of all the deviant stuff. Just have like, cause every time they would cut back to that, I'd be like, I'm, I don't care about this. Like, can we please see more of like this moral dilemma of like living through all of human history and like what that would mean to like these 7,000 year old like beings and them seeing the entire arc of human history. I, I thought that was really cool. And I wish that had just been the movie. And then you can have like, you know, their final, like, confrontation at the end still in but just don't have any of the don't have any of the present day stuff until the very end i felt like you know 
Yes, like one hundred percent. I was I was feeling that the whole time because I was like it because I'm I'm never I'm not a big fan of like flashbacks anyway in like mm-hmm. media, television, or film because it always feels like you know just just tell me the thing in the present. You know, if you're gonna yeah. do it in the present, just just show me the thing. You know, yeah. I don't need to I don't need to go back in the past. But I love things kind of being like a time travel adventure. If you're gonna do mm-hmm. it, just you know just lean into it and go for it. Um, yeah. But like those, I would have, like you said, I would love to see them kind of becoming jaded, cynical, or some people leaning further in. Because I'm, I'm so, I hate the trope of like we've been around forever, but we don't get involved. I hate it so much. Yeah. Get involved. <laughs> <laughs> Just do something, anything. There's no way that I've been anywhere for a thousand years and I don't like mess up and get involved in some way. I can never <laughs> just watch, you know, I yeah. can't go to a party and just watch. I'm going to talk to somebody. I'm going to do something. It's going to be ridiculous. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, honestly, let me ask you something too. And this is something that like, is just on a personal level, just kind of like, it's, it's kind of annoys me. It's a trope that I don't like that you see crop up. It's like, Oh, like human civilization exists because of this thing. And like, actually, and this is something that it comes up in like the Transformers movies all the time. Where it's like, actually, Earth was just an egg for this celestial. And it just, I, I hate that kind of stuff. Like, it, it kind of bugs me. Does that bug you at all? It bugs me so much because I, <laughs> okay, I, good, I'm not like, I, I get why you do it. I get why you do the MacGuffin. You know, like you want to add mm-hmm. stakes of like, oh, yeah, all of human civilization is at stake, you know, here. But it, it just feels lazy to me. It's mm-hmm. like, who cares, you know? And like, it, it takes away from like the accomplishments of like humanity, you know? Like, I just like, I, I like that they didn't lay it on thick, you know? They were like, okay, maybe they introduced the plow and that like eventually like led to humanity discovering like the atom bomb and stuff, like just because they, they set them off on that path. The way that I, yeah, the way I justified it in my mind, too, is like, okay, this isn't like in the real world, we never had the Eternals, right? In the MCU world, they did have the Eternals to give humanity a little extra push of technology. And that's why in the MCU world, they're more advanced. They have things like Iron Man suit and they have like all these different technologies and things that we don't have in the real world because they got a little extra push from the Eternals, that's the way I justified it in my brain. That's the best way to justify it, honestly, which <laughs> which works mainly if you still think of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and humans as part of the MCU. Yes. Which I do, which I do. <laughs> so it works because you're like, okay, yeah, yeah they've, they've had boosts from like the Kree and and that annoys me too. It's like, every, why does everybody care about Earth? Like, right? that annoys me so much in sci-fi is that everyone cares about some backwater like dirt hole. Who exactly. It's the most important place in the universe, even though there's all these like, there's all this like intergalactic trade and things happening between all everywhere else. And it's like, oh, actually, Earth is where the all spark is or the celestial, the celestial baby is or like whatever it might be. And they're all here on this random planet. And it's just like, why? We're just a planet, you know, like if the world is as big or the universe is as big and expansive with all these planets and races and stuff, why is Earth the only important place? Exactly. It's the same thing as like New York and LA always getting like, attacked <laughs> yeah. in every movie. I'm like, why? Why would you do this? Just yeah, once. No. Just once. Just do Kansas or something. Just once. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah, I, I completely agree. Um But yeah, I so you know, for me, I think I think it's probably like a 
either like a three and a half, like a four star movie, I guess. Um, I I really did like it. You know, I, I I might go back to it just to kind of like see how it holds up. But you know, like I was saying at the beginning, it doesn't it doesn't you know it's not doesn't become a really good Marvel movie and work in that system really well like Shang Chi does, and it doesn't break enough from it to be that interesting. It just kind of exists in this middle ground where it's trying to kind of do both but doesn't either. But yeah, I I like it. I, I'm excited to see you know, these characters come back and, you know, maybe go on an adventure with Harry Styles. Um, I, I, I'm i excited to see what Chloe Zhao does. Hopefully she gets to stay on in the future. I don't know. Like, what were your kind of, like, final or, like, overall thoughts on the film? Um, Like, like you said, I, I enjoyed the movie uh, because it was... It felt like it they could slide into, um, into like, the type of... The, the the type of like comic book weirdness that I enjoy when it comes to Marvel, you know, like it felt like a like they were trying to take a tiny step towards that and mm-hmm. kind of see if people would be ready for it or not. Um, and hopefully they'll stick to the decision because you know that like you know like DC didn't stick to a lot of decisions that they made <laughs> when they tried things, but hopefully Marvel. No. Would stick to you know just go for it just keep going people will come along with you eventually um but i did enjoy it i enjoyed like the the sense of of kind of nihilism that i felt between certain scenes um i did enjoy like a lot of the history parts like you were saying like that was really fun the present stuff i could have left it like i was like okay whatever um (laughs) like going through the past with them was awesome uh i've seen so many people say this and i have to agree it would have worked amazingly if it was actually a TV show. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Like, could have been like just, a really good Disney it. Plus show. Yeah, yeah, you know, just enough time to really flesh out each of their stories because each of them has an interesting story that that could be told and should be told. Like, it's very each of them has something that's like really good to it. And I wanted to like like Thana has an entire thing that that really could have used an entire almost half a season of just focusing on like her and her condition and all these types of things. Um and like, you know, almost like a I noticed someone I think uh I heard this somewhere, I forget where it was. But they were talking about they were like Umbrella Academy. And they're like if they mm. did Eternals like they did Umbrella Academy season two where you just you take them to the past and you just have an episode focusing on each one of them and then they're trying to get back together or they're breaking up all this type of stuff and we would have gotten everything we needed we could have had like 18 hours of this and really delved into all these things and it would be like awesome like yeah, i would no. love that <laughs> that would have been great or like i'm just thinking you know like you mentioned that do it like lost you know like have Ooh, yeah. each episode focus on a different character and then you could do the flashbacks like they do in lost where you know you have like okay you know, it jumps back, like, they'll be doing something in the present, and then it just jumps back into, like, you know, Thena, like, doing something in, like, the 1200s or whatever, and just how that, yeah. you know, relates thematically to what she's going through now, and have every episode have, like, a di- you know, focus on a different character, and it then shows them doing something else in a different time period. That would be rad, you know? Yep. And I want to see more stuff like this on, more original stuff on Disney+. Plus. You know, I don't want to see Disney+, Plus just, like, well, what was this other minor character doing? You know, I want to. That's why the Disney Plus show that I'm most excited for is uh, Moon Knight because we haven't seen this guy before. We haven't seen anybody related to him before. Um, so I'm really, really stoked for that one. So it could have oh, been. Yeah. It could have been great. I mean, it, yeah, it's good. It just, 
yeah, like none of the main the main characters were all so good, and the performances were amazing. Like all of these characters, like they've got the huge hitters, Angelina Jolie, you know, like like Selma Hayek, like all these people who are just like great, really big names in a Marvel movie, you know. And, you know, even, like, people like Kit Harrington barely gets any play, you know? He's one of the two Stark boys that she has a thing for in this movie. Um, and he, like, obviously he's getting set up to do stuff in the future, but, like, there's all these great characters, and because it is a film, you know, you don't really get a chance to develop more than one or two of them really, really in-depth. Um, other than, I think, you know, I, I think Fright gets a lot of good development, um, Icarus and Cersei do, but the other ones kind of fall by the wayside a little bit. Um, yeah, I, 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 I gotta. It's, it's so mixed. I, I, I keep talking shit on it, but I really did enjoy it. I don't know. It's, it's, it's such a, it's a weird divisive film. Um, yeah. For something that like Marvel is usually a very, uh, very singular monolith when it comes to people thinking, you know, thinking of whether it's good or bad. You know, there's mm-hmm. usually no middle ground to it. You have, you know, you got your Avengers, your your uh, your Infinity Wars, End Games, your Civil Wars, your your Ragnaroks, and those fall in the good category. Then you have your Thor: The Dark Worlds and your, you know, your Age of Ultron's, and mm-hmm. for some people, the Incredible Hulk. Uh, and those are your bad categories, you know, yeah. like, usually it's one of the two camps and everybody just kind of agrees. And mm-hmm. this one is like, people are split. It's crazy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Although people, I will say again, people you're wrong about dislike and Thor, the dark world, wake up everybody. That's a great <laughs> movie. <laughs> but <laughs> I digress. But yeah, it, it really is interesting to see how people are, are split on it. And, you know, I don't think anybody, hates this movie but i don't think anybody loves it either you know yeah which which is that's that's where it falls is like in film that's your dead weight you know you want to be either so great that people you know people are clamoring to give you an oscar or just so bad that you can get a raz razzie and live in infamy you know (laughs) you don't want to be in the middle (laughs) yeah oh my god it just reminded me did you watch that movie red notice oh yeah i did (laughs) That is the most nothing movie I've ever like. I'm like, I wrote a letterbox review and it was just like, this is not even memorable enough to be bad. Like it's so like, at least Eternals, like there's some weirdness and things I can be like, okay, like I can point to this, but like with a movie like red notice, I'm like, who is this for? What is this movie? I forgot all about it. And I watched it less than 24 hours ago. It's true. Red, red notice is straight up. Just the, uh, it's the equivalent of like drinking lightly flavored water, you know, (laughs) It's not even like really bad, but it's I would rather watch like a disaster, you know. I would rather watch, you know, it's like some, you know, speaking of disasters, you know, the master of disaster himself, like a Roland Emmerich movie. You know, I'm like, really excited for Ooh. Moonfall, like that. Oh my god, I'm so excited for that movie. It's gonna be so bad, but like with it, you know, a middling movie like Red Notice or to a lesser extent, Eternals, it's just like, yeah, okay, you watch it and you move on and you don't think about it so much anymore exactly like it's it's something weird because that's red notice i think that was michael bay right no it it was Was it was i looked him up and he's directed a lot of just like oh yeah i vaguely remember that movie from like five years ago let me let me look him up um because i've got my letterbox up right now rossin marshall thurber so he's done a lot of he's done a lot of just like like random just like very forgettable movies he did we're the Millers. He did Central Intelligence. He did Skyscraper. 
Oh. The most memorable movie he's probably done is Dodgeball, which is a movie that is incre- which was good, and I liked it um, at the time. But if you watch that movie today, it is aged very poorly. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, like... This is, this of those- is in the year of, like, people who made a really great film back in the day coming back, like the, the He's All That movie. Like, just people <laughs> who made really good movies 20 years ago coming back and trying it again, and everyone would be like... No, no, no. Honestly, I think that this has just been the weakest year for movies, like maybe of my lifetime, honestly. And I think a big part of that is just because we have all like a lot of movies are the ones they didn't want to release in 2020 because they were like, okay, we're going to hold these off. These are our big tentpole ones. Um so they're just kind of like the leftover ones, the big budget ones that they couldn't release because a lot of stuff still got released like VOD or like with, you know, whatever, like, you know, limited theatrical releases towards the end of 2020. Um, so it's only like the really big budget blockbuster movies that, that got released that held over. And then, you know, whatever they could shoot in 2020, which was, you know, very limited, they couldn't do a lot of stuff. And I think we're really kind of seeing the effects of that because I don't there's been some good movies this year. There have been a lot of like horrible films this year, like like yeah. movies. I've given multiple movies like one or one and a half stars. Um, there's there's I don't think I've given anything a five star review um, this year. Uh, you know, even I even saw you know um, French Dispatch, which I usually love Wes Anderson, um, and it was fine. Like it was, it was, you know, if you like Wes Anderson movies, um, you'll enjoy it. But like, it was a little much. It was a little, he cranked it up a little much. So even some of the movies that I've been excited for have been a little bit let down by. I've, I've found that like, this was a pretty strong year for indie films though. Okay. I I need to watch more. I felt like last year was really good for indie films too. Yeah. Because of that same thing, um, like Sound of Metal and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Are there any what what would you recommend checking out? Because uh, I don't think I've seen a can't think of off the top of my head any really good ones. Uh, let me let me find the the title of it. I like I've been this is the main reason why I keep Hulu is because like they have uh they have the the best indie films that I've seen in a in a little while. Because mm-hmm. um, they have those like really good just kind of mid range, uh you know those like mid range kind of films where they're not you know not too big of a budget, um, right. Uh, chaos walking have you seen that no i've i've not heard good things about it did you like it i enjoyed it actually it's it's definitely like it's a thinking movie like it is very much like it's slow paced there's no big action thing to it it's literally just all like thought stuff um literally that's like the crux of the movie is like thinking uh okay so, I, I mean i have to check it out then because i've only heard bad things about it but like i trust your judgment for so i'm gonna definitely check that out yeah like if, if people are like looking because i think it was mismarketed as an action film like realistically mm. you know they were yeah. like, trying to get people to watch it for action they're like it's tom holland and daisy ridley but like it it's a it's a thinking piece which <laughs> okay. okay like but uh that uh that mads mickelson movie that came out um where he's oh drunk it's called like um drunkers like well that's the original time yeah i thought so i I thought that one was that one's technically last year i think but i do because i love mads and it's so good (laughs) i I need to see the i've been saying like you know okay there was i did like pig a lot speaking of indie movies did you see pig 
I did of Sarah Good. Right? Yeah, I, I loved that one for sure. Like, like A24 been, always kills it. Yes. Like it's been a weird thing. I've literally just gone through oh uh the the Kristen Stewart. Um I don't know if that technically counts as last year or like early this year. Uh the, the Kristen Stewart holiday movie. Um Oh or, yeah. Um the Happiest Season. Yes. Yeah, because that did come out at the end of last year. I didn't love that one to be honest. I enjoyed like I'm I'm a big rom com person, but I mm-hmm. enjoy a good like breakup at the end of a movie sometimes. You know, like I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. It, was, it was very much like it's it's for very specific demographic. You know? <laughs> yeah. It is very good if like for people who are like finding themselves or something like that. I find like it's pretty pretty okay um of all the movies that i've seen of that that's sort of style like i didn't i didn't feel like it was extremely uh you know egregious with stereotyping or anything but it felt Mm -hmm. kind of you know it felt okay it felt mid you know not bad yeah yeah no yeah i thought it was fine i thought you were gonna say um kristen because talked about kristen stewart the one she's out uh this uh spencer where she plays princess diana um which did you see it I haven't seen it yet. I, I want to go see it. I, I I don't want to sway you too much on it. I was very very excited for it. Um, I oh, it no. didn't do it for me. Uh, I I really it's one of those movies where you go into it and you're like, man, like there's so it was you know I guess kind of like Eternals where you're like I really wanted to like this. Um, and there's a lot of pieces there. The acting's great. Beautiful cinematography. Good direction. I think that it suffers from some script problems for sure. Um, I won't go too much into it, but mm. I would say it's it's a movie that is worth seeing um, for sure. I would recommend um, it to anybody to go see. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, and just kind of just go through the go through that Hulu you know movie tab. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's actually pretty good. It's pretty stacked in some places. Yeah. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check it out then for sure. I've just been looking through like the the ridiculous rom coms that they've gotten. I'm like, this is actually not bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I guess I guess you know we've kind of veered off course, um, so I guess I'll kind of bring it back in and uh, wrap the show up. Um, Morgan, thank you, thank you for being on again, man. Um, where can people find you and t- tell people about? Because you do a podcast as well, so tell people all about that, please. Yes, uh, you can find me on the interwebs, uh, mostly on Twitter, uh, talking about whatever at Morgan L Brooks. Um, on Instagram at Morgan L underscore Brooks. Uh, where you can see like behind the scenes stuff from like whatever shows or you know movies or whatever that I'm working on. Um, you can check out uh, my TikTok uh, at Hidden Time Lord, which is a thing that I do, and then I have a podcast, uh, which for now I haven't recorded an episode in a, in a little minute because I've been working on a show. Uh, but it is called the Ren Pod, where it's uh, which is R E N P O D. Anywhere you get your podcast, uh, where we pretty much talk about movies, comic books, uh, you know, anime, video games, whatever kind of nerdy geekdom suits our fans at the time and much like what happened here it gets off track very quickly (laughs) (laughs) but it's fun (laughs) yeah it's a lot of fun i've been on it a couple times it's it's a great show um so definitely everyone out there check that out and then you mentioned you yeah you have your show that you're working on um is uh that's still uh, is that coming on the roku channel do you know have any more details about that Yes, I do. Uh, it's it's going to be released on uh, on YouTube. It's also going to be released on a streaming service called Benjamin Diamond Streaming Plus, uh, which will be on Roku and Amazon uh, Fire as well. 
um, nice. which is going to be very fun. It's called uh, 803, and we're about to finish wrapping. Uh, it's going to be a four-episode season. We're about to finish wrapping episode four, um, and then it'll be in a post and out, and then we'll start. Uh, we're almost immediately going to start uh, on a movie franchise. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Yeah, awesome. That's so cool, man. I really look forward to checking it out once it's out. And everyone else out there should, too, as well. Yeah, yeah, go watch it. Uh, it'll be fun. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. And uh, anybody out there, um, I'm Derek McDuff. You you know, definitely uh, check out my other podcast that I do, Underrated, where we talk about underrated movies. Um, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, check me out on Instagram at Derek's underscore photos. Um, or, you know, if you want to check out kind of the official podcast uh, Instagram, it's Undercast Company on instagram and all the twitter and all the different social medias but yeah that about wraps it up um once more thank you morgan for being on and thank you everyone for listening yes thank you for having me it was great see ya bye